Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Event Tech Podcast. I'm not going to sing anymore, but (laughs) I'm excited for this week's episode. We got so much good tech to talk about. But before we do that, I got to welcome my my amazing co-host, um, but who is also known as the boundless Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. Brant, well, well, thank you, you, sir. That that person over there, that is the unwritten Will Curran of Endless Events. That's kind of true. I don't like to write things down. So more of like a video guy, maybe audio, <laughs> maybe a podcast. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. T- so today, let's dive straight into the tech. Um, wanted to talk about something um, that I've been just kind of tracking in the last couple weeks or so. And, you know, it's been really interesting, but it just took a huge development. Um, and that is the Star- Starlink Internet. Um, and you might be thinking to yourself, what, 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 we're, we're talking about Internet? And I haven't even heard the Starlink thing and what's going on with it. Well, you've probably heard of the company SpaceX before. Uh, Elon Musk's child that sends rockets into space regularly. Um, well, I thought that his child was named Zixer Kergelgelfarg. <laughs> That's true. His actual child has right. like, yeah, 32 is his, is his daughter's name or something like that. Right. Um, but no, but uh, his other children. Oh, the other are, child. Yeah, everyone knows Tesla, Tesla, right? The cars and SpaceX, they shoot rockets, right? Well, most people know that uh, SpaceX launched an internet service um, actually, a long time ago, I think it was almost like a year or so ago, but it recently um, took some huge developments and sent out a beta program to everybody, um, which allowed you to set up satellite internet for um, very cheap, like 100 bucks a month. Uh, and it was just so exciting. I, and I've been just kind of watching it a little bit, but uh, I'll talk about the development a little bit. But uh, I mean, Brent, I, I think when you hear satellite internet, you probably think like, poo-poo right like we're here with our fiber internet connections and right. we hear satellite internet and I, I had satellite action internet i think at our our one our last office before we went remote and i remember like it caps out at like 50 megabits per second and that's like your your four corner for like 500 bucks a month to do that sort of thing uh how much do you know about satellite internet brand and not uh, much and, I, and i'm definitely influenced by the old satellite cell phones that were the size of a truck <laughs> that you you know opened up and held and looked like a you know world war ii radio operator you know against your head so i'm probably have my opinions influenced by that as well as the initial uh satellite internet connections like you say they were not very fast and they were incredibly okay. expensive but if you needed internet in the middle of nowhere you could like your make it choice. happen yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's what's really interesting. I think you and I have had side conversations. This might lead into like a little bit of a side conversation about this sort of thing. But how uh, we jokingly say, oh, everyone's getting ready for 5G. And we talk about the 4G rollout still hasn't fully hit everywhere. And then just like it blows our mind that like, you know, you and I have fiber internet connections, gigabit up and down our symmetrical con- uh connections there's people that have like 10 gigabit internet connections now and we we're, we're like yeah like this is commonplace right but it's not true like there's still so many parts of the country that just don't have good internet at all i i haven't had like other than when i go to an airbnb i don't have a chance to like experience a lot of them but i'm sure i you know i'm sure there's probably listeners right now who are sitting what is this here. airbnb of which you speak i, I don't <laughs> know what this this is airbnb what is this travel of which you travel speak? <laughs> as we record this in uh 2021 early 2021 um and yeah so um 
But I'm sure that we have listeners who probably are like pissed at us. They say like, you guys have gigabit internet. I I'm lucky to get 10 megabits per second up. Um, you know, uh, my my head of people was talking about she was doing a speed test, and you know, like I'm like at minimum 10 25 megabits per second to like even consider working on the internet connection. She's like 10 down, like three up and i'm like oh my gosh i will like blow my mind yeah but i think that's really common when you look at a lot of pieces of the, co the country i think what starlink is trying to fix is to make kind of like internet available for all i think it's kind of like the, the the saying that they have um on it, is the ability that anybody get high speed broadband internet well what's interesting about this is that not only is it expensive per month, but the, the hardware is expensive. You got to buy like a $400 dish, all this XYZ hardware, right? And then there's only like, you know, two satellite internet providers too out there. But again, it could be better than dial up. I'm sure there's people on dial up still, right? Um, there's probably people still on AOL as well. But anyways, the point I'm, I, I want to make is that they made an announcement about a month or so ago saying we have this beta program for this new Starlink internet setup. We ship you a box, and I've been watching lots of videos, and I don't want to turn this like into a review or anything like that of it, but if you look up on YouTube and you watch these people unbox it, they send you a box. I think it's – I want to say it's like 200 bucks to like do the deposit to get the gear, and then it's 100 bucks a month, and they send you a box. It's all set up. It comes with a router. It comes with the dish, like a 300-foot Ethernet cable. It's all done over power Ethernet. It takes like 25 watts to power the whole thing, and you literally – you connect it. You bring up the app on your phone and it connects to a satellite like immediately. And I think the thing that most people are like, okay, cool. That sounds like a good user experience, everything like that. What's crazy though, is that they're getting like a hundred megabits per second, constant internet up and down. And that's like mind blowing to me with low pings. Like we're talking sub 100 millisecond pings on, on their, their connections, which like, I think like when I, um, when we had our satellite interconnection in our office, it was like, 300 megabit um 300 millisecond ping so like it's much faster and it's so cheap 100 bucks a month no data caps everything like that so um yeah it's just been it was really cool and so i think this one i first brought the topic up to you was like hey i think we should talk about this because i have a lot of theories on where this can go will's got ideas i have ideas on what how this is gonna affect the events industry because if you're, if you're listening to this right now you're like okay this doesn't affect like the events industry let's talk i I'll get to that in just a sec. What's more interesting, though, is this week's news. So I think it just broke like yesterday is that um, uh, uh, Starlink and SpaceX announced that – or they didn't even announce. People just logged on their phones and realized they're like, my internet's faster. Let me do a speed test. Now people are getting 400 megabits per second and sub 10 millisecond pings on a satellite internet connection. And, you know, and I think Elon tweeted out, you know, that's how he does his press releases these days, is he tweeted out saying that he was planning on doing this in the next coming weeks, but it just, it started happening, right? And um, it's all about them pumping more satellites into the sky and improving those satellites and the way they connect. And I don't want to get into the details. I started, like, looking into, like, how these, like, routing stations work and everything like that, but it's mind-blowing on what's what's possible on here. So... When I heard that, though, I was like, Brant, we have to talk about this. Because if you're getting 400 megabit per second connections coming in, that's like faster than some venue's Wi-Fi that comes in. So, um, so yeah, before I go into my theory, though, I want to show you this link, though, because this is where it like, kind of blew my mind. Uh, so do you have your browser open real quick? So everyone, if it's listening, Go to satellitemap.space. So this, I saw this, I thought this was so cool. <laughs> 
So you're going to bring this up, and it's going to look crazy. Yep. So you see the, the map of the globe right now? Yep. So, so what this is, is this is a live map of where all the SpaceX satellites are right now. In, as they're moving because they're like they're orbiting the earth so you know they're like set up in a mesh network basically across like the whole world and you can see there's a massive amount of coverage on here and you can actually pull around and you know find where you are on the map and see like what your coverage looks like and i think what you're starting to see is like these yellow ones are the ones that can do 400 megabits per second that they're they're going on but you can see like this blew my mind how many satellites are already in the sky servicing this already and you can see they there's some dead spots, but for the most part, I mean, they have some pretty crazy coverage already on here. And the, those areas you see kind of the tubes where there's a lot of them back to back. Uh, I think the theory is that that's where they just launched a ton of them and they're just like stopped there. And then they're about to like go find their location across the, the globe. So 400 megabits per second, tons of satellites in the sky. What does this make you think, Brent? What's, what's your uh, reaction to all this, I guess? <laughs> I'm, really... I'm breaking the news to Brandt as, as we talk right now, too. <laughs> well, it's, it's just fun to watch them move, too. So I'm it's crazy, like, yeah, because like, like, you can see like, dude. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I so, mean, if you zoom in, you can see them moving Yeah. Uh, on this uh, thing. So anyway, yeah, one, that's a lot of satellites. <clears throat> uh, two, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, you're, yeah, you're a little out of luck in some, some places. It's, I, I didn't realize that they had this much coverage already. I thought it was still pretty well, um, locked down to even just North America. Um, but I mean, this, this looks pretty, pretty comprehensive. I don't know how tight the mesh needs to be before it, uh, you've basically got internet everywhere. Um, those types of speeds is crazy. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of potential here. My the, my mind immediately starts to go with okay, you know, it's beta testing. It's not very many people on the network. At what mm. point, you know, is it like a Wi-Fi network where the more people that are on it, does it start to slow down? I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket. I'm just oh, trying to think no, think through, think point. it through. Like you know, at is it is that going to be when there's like only one person per satellite, or you know, when we start to actually scale this up? Uh, I wonder. I wonder if you'll see those kinds of speeds or if it starts to come down. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, yeah, let me, uh, let's see here. <laughs> I'm just trying to do some quick Google, like, yeah, <laughs> answer Mr. the Brent, question. Mr. Wet Blanket Guy. Yeah, yeah, comes, yeah. He's all it's excited a, and he's got to throw. a great question. But that's, you know, it's, it's, it's what we talk about all the time when it comes to, to Wi-Fi networks is that, you know, you, you're the only person in the venue. You walk in, you run a speed test. That's not necessarily going to be what you're going to see the day of your show. And so I think it's important that we, you know, always try and temper things, you know, it's the same thing we did when we, you and I pick apart 5G. It's like, it's, you know, yeah, 5G is cool and it's going to be cool and it's going to be a game changer, but it's going to be a little while yet before we, you know, before we're seeing those blazing fast speeds. And even then that's only outside and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, this is such a, such a good question too. I started Googling. So I think the question to ask on Google is how many users per satellite? So I Googled that and my favorite upvoted answer on Reddit is I'm going to go with ask Elon on Twitter. That's how you can get answers. <laughs> I bet you if you tweeted him right now and asked him a question, he'd probably answer. Um, but yeah, it starts to talk Should about I do like it right yeah. now on the air. Yeah, let's see. Let's give it a try. See if he, right. tech, he tweets back um, while we're doing it. But yeah, I'm kind of re looking really quick and it, it definitely talks about like how they have a small number of beams that can be used simultaneously. These beams are shared between much larger number of users per satellite. 
I think one of the things I, and this probably plays into it is that they also like the satellites talk to each other and that's how they like, they share bandwidth with between each other. So I'm sure that more satellites that go up to the more that they can, you know, kind of bounce things almost like having more access points in the sky. But I think the difference with that versus an access point is if you put too many access points in one area, it's actually worse for you. But I think in satellite, the more satellites, the better. I'm sure someone who actually knows what this is and is like a, a satellite expert or huge SpaceX uh, fan, because I know we got something out, out in the audience. I'm sure they're going to be ready to correct us. So shoot us an email, ventechpodcast at helloinus.com while we go through this. But um, yeah, it looks like assuming the present generation of sa sa uh, Starlink satellites can download a maximum of, of 40 gigabits per second, actually, it's the actual number hasn't been clearly stated. You could satisfy a total of 20,000 users at two, two megabits per second average bandwidth if none of the throughput is wasted on regions with very few users. So it does seem like there's a cap per satellite in terms of total bandwidth that comes in. Um, and then I think like, but I mean, 40 gigabits per second, yeah, like 20,000 people under one satellite would be like, I think a lot of users for sure on there. And I, and I think that uh, if I remember reading too, like this is not meant to be like, if you live in a city, so that's the one thing they talk about is like if you live in a city right now, you live in San Francisco or Phoenix or Minneapolis, and you're like, oh, I want to like replace my fiber internet connection, my Cox internet connection. They actually say no, it's not good for that because a, it's also you have to get the satellite really high. It's got to have direct line of sight to it. Um, but what it's great for is the those people that are really out in the the boonies, right? It's for your cabin in the middle of nowhere. It's for, you know, uh, my theory that I'm going to drop in just a second a little in a little bit, but I think it can create those opportunities. I, I just wonder, yeah, like how many more satellites would be needed because you could obviously can't put a satellite on top of a satellite. You just have to replace the satellite to make it even faster. Right. So I would assume. Yeah. Well, I tweeted Elon. We'll see if he responds. <laughs> Come on, Elon, give us an answer. So, so I guess going into my theory that I'm kind of t teasing with this a little bit and you know, like I have this big kind of larger theory about where events are kind of going forward in the next couple coming years is that, you know, I think immediately everybody, um, jumps to using hotels as venues because they're they're solidified right they have the internet they have some infrastructure they have good power right they're clean they're professional all those things like that then you know people start to like look at alternative venues um but then you lose some things like you're gonna lose out on like either they're not professional or they don't have enough power or they don't have enough electrical if, if we talk from a technology standpoint um on there however um one thing that's always been like really off off uh off the 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 plate is that like let's say for example you have a hundred person uh company retreat that you're like i'm gonna go we want to go in the middle of nowhere we want to really retreat out there but we also need the ability for people to work on projects together and we want them to be able to you know upload pictures and you know call their family and things like that they go but there's no internet right there's power luckily there's power i think there's electricity in most places um but um they want to have internet I think Starlink enables this for venues that are really out in the boondocks or have far ability to get connections. Yeah, a 400 megabit per second internet connection is like mind blowing for the opportunities that now opens up when it comes to events. Um, and that's kind of, I think my general theory is that like, can this help support venues that can't get good, reliable internet um, because uh, using Starlink instead? Well, you especially think about like resorts and, and things like that that are out away from city centers, um, even if it means them having to put a dish on top, uh, which they probably might already be doing, um, is going to go a long way uh, toward um, uh, being able to then provide, you know, filter that access down. So maybe they can 
you know, not everybody then into your inside the, the resort is going to get 400 megabits, but at least the, the overall pipe would be that big. Totally, totally. And, and so I think it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think the one thing that um, I'll add into this too is that what's great about this is it's portable too. So that's the thing I think people start playing around with. There, there is this, you'll, you'll hear about like it's geofenced in, you can only use it. But I watched a couple of videos where people are like going really far outside their geofenced area and they were still getting solid internet connections. So in the future, I can see it not being geofenced. I think they just do that right now because they don't want you to like get outside where the coverage is on that map um, on there. So if you haven't checked that map out, again, satellitemap.space, go check it out. It's cool. Um, but um, I think what's cool about this too is it's portable. And so how's the thing I saw a lot of people doing is they're like, oh, let me go move it around. And then people started saying, well, this is so portable and it can readjust the satellite to find where the it is. You know, you're not manually moving the satellite, which I don't know if uh, past satellite internet connections automatically did that. But uh, that seems like one of the big benefits with it that it can move based on know where it needs to be pointed. But I'm imagining too, imagine like an it, like you could be as an event planner and be like, you know what? I'm going to have this SpaceX thing. I'm just going to throw it in the trunk. And then so every, you know, when we do a wedding out in the middle of the desert, which people apparently love to do in Arizona, you could say, I have internet available to you all. So you can upload pictures and things like that. And it only costs you a hundred bucks a month as a service too, um, which I think it just shows as a really, really cool option for, for that too. Um, and then I think the other uh, option too, as I start to throw out um, crazier ideas too, is that like this also can function as a good redundancy too. That like, uh, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. Like what, ha what happens in the future now that events are hybrid and everyone has to be on their phones to connect with the attendees virtually? What happens when the internet goes down or the redundancy for, you know, your live stream or whatever it is? This is also a great option, I think, for that. But what I'm most excited for is what this opens up for obscure out there venues to be able to still stay connected and be, it, I don't know about hybrid experience yet because I don't know like, you know, how, how intense, you know, I think you could probably suck up 400 megabits per second just putting 100 attendees all on their phones, live streaming, you know, 4K video, event apps, all those things like that. But I, it just shows so many, I think, opportunities for these obscure venues. And 400 megabits per second is more than enough to do a, a live video stream, uh, you know, bouncing back and forth, you know, doing a point-to-point call with someone in a remote area, um, uh, you know, that all of that starts to get opened up because, you know, hey, as much as everyone's looking forward to getting back to in-person events, this online stuff isn't going away. Um, and so the more that we can uh, open up, continue to open up the world uh, for in-person events, we're also going to continue to open up the world for, for online events as well. I got all excited because my Twitter notification did go off. Um, <laughs> and, but it's it's a buddy of mine who is all in in the in the in the musk verse um he's a huge tesla guy and so he was he was responding that he's already got an order in and you're welcome to come down and test it when it arrives might not be shipping out yet though oh interesting so. yeah and that's the thing too i think you can like sign up for it now and you can get it like in a week or two weeks or something like that too so you can get it really quick we're not talking like theoretical stuff that's the thing i think that blew my mind was like i thought that they i remember them talking about internet and sending lots of so I was like, okay, cool. I think like four years, five years from now. And then all of a sudden I start seeing YouTube videos, people like unboxing it and then setting it up and showing their speed test. I'm like, what? This is like here right now. Um, what, I think you bring up a, a really good point, yeah, about how like the internet connectivity is not going to go away too, that like, you know, people are going to need this. And that's why like I almost use that example of retreats and things like that is that, you know, like as much as you have a company retreat and you're like, let's go to obscure place, things like that. 
I think some people just want to bust open their laptops and work with their coworkers that they've like, especially in the remote world. Like our company never gets to really work in person unless someone's traveling for an event or something like that and see each other. So like some people might be like, oh, I have this idea for XYZ product. You don't want to like uncap them and be like, no, don't use your laptop. You need to disconnect. They, they could probably build something right then and there. Um, so I have another idea too now. I was just thinking. Well, about before this. anybody, you know, gets upset and remember the email is eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. <laughs> so I, so just for, we, we get it by the way that there are some of these resorts, the whole point is to disconnect True. and that they want their people to, to unplug and disconnect. We're just saying, if that's not the case. This opens yeah. up that as a possibility. <laughs> so, so we're, totally we're granted. Like internet for all. Right, totally granted that there are times when you want to unplug and you want to disconnect. Totally. I'm definitely that way. When I go camping, all the devices go get locked in the truck, and uh, totally. I just don't think for 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 48 hours straight about time or devices. But it's a fair point, and it's I think it's something that you know some people do. They want to stay connected. They want to be able sure. to work on their book. They want to stay connected to the cloud. You know all of that kind of stuff. So if you disagree, though, eventtechpodcast at helloendless dot com. Now uh, what make were you sure saying? to address that, dear Brandt, um, not hey, dear Will. Wouldn't me? Wouldn't me? <laughs> um, it's a good point too. Like I'm, I'm all about disconnecting. Like I love, like oh yeah, take a week and just have no electricity and no phone, and you're just like it resets your brain so many ways. Um, I also think about like me being a remote worker and being like, oh, well, I, yeah, I'd love to go to a remote cabin. We were up in a, we were up in a cabin like a couple weeks ago. It was like the first travel I've done since COVID broke out. And I remember like turning my phone on and I was like, it's like less than a megabit per second. It's kilobits per second. I was just like, how is this even possible? And, and you know, it's funny that you like, you know, you think to yourself, oh, well, yeah, you're at a cabin, you're disconnecting. But we decided that we're like, oh, we should text our Airbnb to see if we have late checkout. Or not text them, but Airbnb message them. And you're like, but I have 700 kilobits per second of internet. So you're like, hit send. Like, please go through. Please go through. Done send. Okay, retry. 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 And oh, everybody turn off your phones and disconnect your laptops. Right. And, um, you know, that was just really interesting. I think we ended up like, we wanted to stream like a movie too. And we were like, oh, we're not even going to plan on streaming a movie too. So we like had to bring up a Blu-ray player to watch that movie. And I just love paying the butt. But uh, back to events though. Here's another option of how this can be helpful. Let's say you're, you know, everybody right now is streaming from studio spaces, their offices, and their homes, right? Reliable internet, all that sort of stuff. But imagine the future CEO wants to, like, you know, broadcast and do a keynote from the where they're breaking ground for their new, like, warehouse they're building, right? There's obviously no internet there yet at that point. They haven't installed ISP or anything like that. But Or, like, let's say they're in the middle of a park and you're doing, like, a parks and rec conference and you want, you know, to do a, a walkthrough with the cameras and everything like that. Boom, pop the satellite down, pop it up get internet in the middle of this park, 400 megabits per second, and potentially live stream from different locations back in too. That would also be awesome. So, so many possibilities when it comes to this thing. I'm just excited because like, I heard about this maybe a month ago, it was like 100 megabits per second, everyone's losing their minds. And now like a month later, 400 megabits per second. Like, are we gonna hit gigabit speeds soon? What could this look like? Ah. I don't know. Who knows? But I, I understand and, and agree with your excitement. I mean, it's uh, what Musk, you got for all for all his faults, you got to love that he just, just does these moonshot things, right? That, that you know, quite literally, hey, hey, I know what we can do. Go to Mars. Uh, hey, I know what we can do. We're going to make electric cars cool again. Hey, I know what we can do. We can give satellite, satellite to the world. I mean, Google was messing around with this stuff 
10 years ago and, totally. you know, just kind of piddled it away. They were doing things with balloons and, you know, stuff like that. Last year, the balloon project. That's all been shut down uh, at this point. And, and Musk mm. is like, yeah, well, we'll make it work. <laughs> and totally. I really didn't think it was this far along. I, I, I When I saw that map, uh, I really blew my mind Like, because I, I was under the impression. But, I mean, they're launching these things, you know, 20, 40, <laughs> 60 at a time. So I guess, yeah. you know, they're not that big. So, um Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the, 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 I think the sooner we can get to, you can get internet anywhere. I actually think the better. I've always been a bit of an internet utopian. I know that all it's, the a util- it's a utility, right? Yeah. I get <laughs> the negativity of it. I get, you know, the problems, but those aren't, you can't blame the internet for that, you know, social media issues and, and, you know, f- you know, fake news stuff, you know, you can't, that's not the internet's fault. I still believe Personally, like I say, I'm an internet utopian that the more we can connect to each other, the more that we can talk to each other from around the world, the less people seem like the other. And it's almost always the other that we have problems with. Um, uh, and uh, I, I keep telling my kids that uh, the, 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 the vast majority of violence that happens on this planet has to do with you don't look like me or you have something I want. Yeah. And, you know, it almost it's almost always or you're different than me, not necessarily look like me, but you're different than me or you have something that I want. And I think the more that we can at least reduce the you're different from me, the, the better. So and that's anyway, so that's that's my little soapbox moment of, of why I think it's a good idea to have I'll, I'll internet in every that. corner of the world. I'll piggyback on that, too, because like, you know, right now, for example, we want to be able to bring speakers in from around the world. Right. We want to be able to, um, yeah, have people, you know, come in and do presentations from everywhere in the world, like no matter where it is, right? But then we find that sometimes is that it's difficult because the internet connectivity is not the same, right? Um, we always jokingly say how, like, the, you know, the United States complains about slow internet, but so there's some places that are really rural and some countries that just don't even have that level of internet. And so this might enable, too, for us to be able to connect more with people in other regions like you're talking about and be able to expose us to places that we've never, you know, had before. Um, let alone, we don't even have to, like, this is not just a general technology, but we talk about, like, how much that might also advance what's capable because of that connection. But we're just talking the ability to communicate because that's what, you know, meetings and events are a big part of. Um, it's the so ultimate in diversity and inclusion. I mean, it's it's when, when you literally have the entire world available as a, as a sample, you know, it's, <laughs> true. It, that changes how you look at things like diversity and inclusion. So true. So true. Well, I'll bring up like one potential downside of this because I, I, I can get really excited about things, but I, I think there is something that I might get uh, someone might ask about at some point. But it is this idea that you look at this map, right? And some people then also go, wow, there's like, yeah, they're really far around, which is kind of the way I think. But then a lot of people then say, like, I think his goal right now is I think there's something like 2000, 3000 in the air. I don't remember what the number is. It's going to change by the time you listen to this anyways. But the, his goal is like something like he wants 20. 30,000, some crazy number. Just Google like Starlink's goal for number of satellites in the sky. And what people worry about is that like this might create a lot of debris and potential for us to not leave the atmosphere as early. Again, I'm not a, a rocket scientist, you know, in any sort of way. And so I don't understand fine, but I know that's one of the concerns is more satellites equals just more potential for collisions and debris. And that can create a lot of issues in a lot of ways. So I think there is that one downside of that too, um, as you start to do this. But Overall, I think the benefits of the ability to connect, that it's cheaper, it's easier, it creates more competition, so which hopefully drives down price and you know everything like that. I think it's only good for everything that we're going towards. And like you said, ultimately to more connectivity in so many different ways. I, and I think this can be – I wouldn't be surprised if you hear about 
someone, you know, live streaming their event or having a, you know, an event in a random place and it was hosted through Starlink Internet at some point in the future. I bet in, I would say in the next year um, I, you would hear someone say that. So I think it's definitely coming. You look, look, I, I, is the Twitter's refreshing and uh, all the uh, things? I'll double check it. I'll double check it. Give it one more shot before we have to head out. No, sorry, no new notifications no. for Twitter. Oh, dang. Uh, dang. I will say that those lines of satellites that we saw have definitely moved. Like they, they're they're not in geosynchronous. They're they're cruising. So they must be like you say. It's those are ones that were recently launched and are on their way to where. Which is crazy because they probably go. just got up into the sky, like right. just you know while we're talking about this. Yeah, and now they're getting their home place. So funny. Nope, Elon, I'm afraid, has not responded. You know, I thought we were oh, tight, yeah. but uh, apparently apparently not. <laughs> apparently not at all. <laughs> Let's bring it home. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what you think. Um, we'd love to hear about you and all, like, the state of the Internet and connectivity uh, for events, too. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I think there's going to be so much um, stuff happening in this next year and beyond. But if at minimum... Go take a look at a YouTube video where they unbox it and show it off if you haven't heard about this before. And if you're in an area that doesn't have the speeds that I'm talking about right now and you're in the, you know, there's nothing that the best internet connection is 10 megabits per second, this might be something for you to check out too because we know that we're only going to be more connected as a society and we're going to need that internet as an events industry to be able to upload big files and stream things and all that stuff. So go check it out. Um, I'm definitely super hyped about Starlink. So, and then when you combine it with, what we all the discussions that we've had go back and listen to previous episodes where we talk about 5g you know so combine it with that now and you've got some really interesting things going on in the land of internet so true so true well thank you brant for uh letting me talk a little bit about something i thought was exciting this week <laughs> uh as out of the blue and i appreciate you so much and uh, also your thoughts about everything it's just so awesome for sure woohoo and thank you to our audience for listening as well. Hopefully you found this really informative and I uh, enlightened you into something maybe you didn't hear about on your news feed. Um, I definitely go check it out, as I said before. But until next time, you know who we are. We're the Event Tech Podcast. We're bringing the tech news to you. And we will look forward to seeing you next week on the Event Tech Podcast. The Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.